All right. Well, thank you for tuning into the Big Five podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Borriesi, and with me I have Stephen McClelland. Stephen, uh, we're going to be talking today about, um, you know, God's will and how to how to help help how to help someone find God's will. Uh, me as a early Christian, I always you know kind of struggled with, you know, what is God's will for my life? You know, I could read scriptures and you know it would say this is the will of God for you dot 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 right, and it you know talked about being at peace or forgiving people. Um, which are great things, and those are God's will, right? You know, God's will is that we would walk in forgiveness with others, or um, that we would live at peace with people at all possible. But you know, Stephen, for for ministering to say, you know, baby Christian Taylor, what would you what would you say to me? Uh, first, I would say to relax. Uh, God's will sometimes is very specific, but most of the time it's it's broad. Uh, there are boundaries placed on it, but those. Those are not always, they are well-defined, the boundaries, but the, the individual boundaries on each person's life and God's individual will for their life is not always uh, well-defined, but they, they kind of think it is. They kind of pigeonhole themselves into it. So my first advice for you would be to just relax and to, to realize if you don't know what God's will is for your life, then you can't be missing it. Because he has to tell you for you to be able to miss it. If he hasn't said anything to you about it, then you're not on the hook for anything. There's not as much being expected of you as what you probably, uh, if you're anything like me, and it sounds like you also, if you're you're like us, then, you know, the, the weight of what it is we think we should be doing or what we don't know that we should be doing, it can weigh a lot, but you should just let all that go. Man, that that actually is phenomenal right there. You know, you're not on the hook for nothing because, you know, I, I think uh, for myself and even a few of the Christians that were in my uh, college ministry group, we were all afraid that God was going to call us to, um, you know, the Middle East or to India. You know, just you know, uproot us and uh, you know, just leave. Like when you know, it would be next. The following week would be just going, and you know, it it's interesting that. You know that was our fear, and I, 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 you know, we had no, we had no reason. Like no one was telling us to, or you know, the Lord, the Lord didn't tell us to. But that was that was one of our fears. And let's see, there's even more to that. Uh, say, say he did, because there are some people that he does, but it's rare. You know, out of all the Christians that you know, how many have been called to the Middle East? Uh, I bet you probably most people wouldn't be able to name one. Um, but out of out of the people that that could name one. They, they probably don't know that they could say, God, I don't want to do that. So that's a whole other can of worms of the, the idea that even if God were to tell you something that you didn't want, how to, in relationship, walk out what it is that you want. And it's kind of a negotiation, but it's kind of not. It's you expressing your desires. But like I said, that's a whole lot more uh, than the initial question. And well, I, I kind of want to. We are either going to have to cover that now, or we're going to have to cover it later. So, uh, do you want to go down that road? Okay. So, so say God did say, uh, Taylor, I want you to move next week to the Middle East, and you know your your savings, um, whatever is going to be spent on getting you and your wife there, and you're you're terrified. You don't want to. You don't like the Middle East. Um, right. You you don't you you enjoy where it is that you are, 
And whether it's based in fear or not doesn't really matter. You could, you could just say, God, I don't want to. Whether you're, God, I'm afraid and I don't want to. God, I just don't want to do that. Uh, it doesn't really matter. But the, the, the most condensed way to explain this is that Jesus being the perfect son, he had to be perfect for to be able to be a sacrifice for our sins, otherwise he wouldn't have been our righteousness. He had to be perfect as a sacrifice, meaning he did no wrong, no sin. He told God, his father, that he didn't want to go to the cross and ask for it, the God's will to change. Now, if, if it's a sin for you to say, God, I don't want to do that, or God, that's very scary, then that would make Jesus a sinner, and that's not theologically practical, because the whole... Christian foundation is built on Jesus being a sinless Savior. And if he's not, we have no Savior. We have no no mediator between us and God. Um, so we'd have to throw everything out if Jesus was a sinner. So if you if you don't want to do it and he tells you to do it, there the in relationship there comes a certain point in time where, you know, it's clear, like with Jesus. He asked three times, with tears, sweating, great drops of blood. That's how meaningful that's that's how like physically and emotionally impacted jesus christ was in that moment and the father said no but there's plenty of other examples in scripture where they sought god and said you know can your will change in this particular area and it changed and now i don't think i've ever said it this way before but if we can't change god's will in anything then why would we pray about anything isn't prayer basically at its at its purest form just like if if God's will just happens and we're kind of just along for the ride, then we wouldn't need to pray about anything. He wouldn't encourage us to pray. He wouldn't encourage conversation with him. There would be no point to any of that because it would just be, well, you know, I had already decided before you were ever born that this was the way it was going to be. Right. But that's not how he is. Right. So it goes back to, to just seeking everything through relationship and you know, maybe he would ask you to go to the Middle East, and you might not like it, and you tell him that. And he might say yes, he might say no, his will changes, it doesn't change, and we just, you know, have to live in that space of relationship. And that's not a terrible place to be. That's exactly where Jesus is at all times and has been uh, from the beginning, from, you know, the, the eternally self-existent aspect of God. That is where the position with the Father that Jesus has been in, and what greater position could we be in? Yeah. So, uh, real quickly, before we continue, for those who um, want the scripture reference, um, what uh, Stephen was talking was from Matthew 26, chapter 26, verse 36. Um, you can probably go down to the end of the chapter, um, and that's the uh, that's when Jesus is at the Garden of Gethsemane. Um, I, I think I'm saying Gethsemane correct, but if I'm not, uh, Gethsemane. Yeah, but there you go, Gethsemane. So everything in the Bible is a transliteration, anyway. So no one says the names right. <laughs> oh, well, there, well, there you go. Yeah. So, um, so for those people who who do want that, it's Matthew 26, and it starts off in verse 36. So Stephen, so um, any. You know, you, you you're talking about relationship, and you know, you kind of you're, you're dropping another can there of. Uh, of prayer, so let's let's go down that even further, right? So um, you're talking about you know changing God's will or, or or things not being set. So let's talk about 
you know, can you share a time with, with even your own life or with someone you've, you've ministered to where, um, you can give a pretty good example of, of something changing or, or even in scripture, if you, if you know one off the top of your head right now. Uh, for scripture, I know several, but the, the, it's not somebody that I ministered to, but it was actually myself. Okay. Um, I was, I was not being offered a promotion, but I was being approached several times. I guess they thought I was a good candidate. And I had said, uh, th- because I prayed as to whether I should apply for a position uh, where I was working, and the answer that I felt from the Lord over and over again was no. And when I was being approached, asked if I was going to apply in an interview by several people, you know, in the position and then, you know, management above the position, I just, you know, uh, the Lord told me no. The Lord told me no. And eventually I, I felt like I was supposed to have a conversation with God about it. And in that conversation, I told him, like, you know, I would actually like that to have this job. I think it would be fun. I would learn a lot. Um, I would appreciate having this job. And it was, it, it immediately went from like, no, you you shouldn't have that job, to where like, oh, or it wasn't even, it wasn't an oh, okay, like it was news to God how I felt about it. But it was like, well, now you can apply for it. No problem. Go for it. And I ended up getting the position, and I learned a great deal, and I did have a great time. In that, so that was something where the Holy Spirit was telling me a, a to go a certain way, and when I said, "Well, can we go the other way?" and he he said yes, and there you know I've uh, many more times examples where he didn't change his mind. Um, but we can we can go into scripture. Uh, real real quick, just saying seven, that is there what? any pitfalls or anything? Um, you know, so you, so, you know, God was telling you, no, no, no. And, and you asked and, um, and, and the Lord did say yes. And so, so did you get the job? I did. Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, that's awesome. And, you know, did you, um, you know, did it go well? Was there any challenges? Was there any, um, you know, was it, was it a rough job? You know, was it different than what you were expecting or, or what was your, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, he taught me. He taught me a great deal when I had that job, and it was it was such a blessing. Um, I can't just just because he changed his mind. That's not the reason that it was a blessing that I had it. It just the circumstances turned out that way. Uh, so I would just uh, want to clarify: just because you ask God for something and He changes His mind, doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to go extremely well. Even though it did go very well in my circumstances. Mm. Um, that's and, you know, that's, we don't have enough time to talk about all the stuff that I learned while I was there in other podcasts uh, for a future future day. Uh, but going back to Scripture, uh, Amos chapter 7, let me pull it up. This is, I think, that one of the best examples of it. And um, which uh, translation about, are you using for the, for the audience? Mm, let me see. I'll start, with, I'll start with King James. Okay. But we'll see if it is clear in another version. Um, so we already we gave the example of Jesus, where Jesus himself said, "God, I don't want to do that," and God said, "Well, you you have to do that." Right. Uh, here in Amos seven, Amos is a prophet who is being told to prophesy destruction on Israel because as many times as God tried to reach them, they wouldn't listen. So let me find this specific verse here in Amos chapter seven. Okay, so in verse 7, it is, it is a vision that's being shown to Amos. Okay. And then 
you know, the, the locust swarms coming up for the, uh, at the beginning of the late crop. And they, they ate all of the crops. So Israel is basically going to be in a famine. And then Amos says, Lord, uh, forgive, I pray, oh, that Jacob may stand, for he is small. So basically Amos is saying, I don't want to prophesy that. I don't want to say that that's going to happen and then have it happen. Uh, so it says that the Lord, and now I'm in the New King James, by the way. Okay. Uh, it says that the Lord relented concerning this and said, it shall not be. It's the same for word for repented. Repented just means the changing of the mind. So if you change your mind about sin, it's repentance. If you change your mind about whether you like onions on your hamburger, it's repentance. Um, verse 4, then this is the second potential thing that God is showing Amos in order for him to prophesy it over the nation, and then it would come to pass. Um, it says, Thus the Lord God showed me, behold, the Lord God called for conflict by fire, and it consumed the great deep and devoured, devoured the territory. Then I said, O Lord God, cease, I pray, O that Jacob may stand, for he is small. So Amos is still asking God to change his mind about uh, the destruction that he wants to bring on Israel, because they would not repent themselves. So, verse 6, the Lord relented concerning this. This also shall not be, says the Lord God. And then we have the vision of the plumb line. And the long story short is, is that this one did not destroy everything. It was not famine over the entire land. It was basically like a, a judgment against some up to a certain point, but not everyone equally. Um, but there was going to be, there was going to be issues. And it does not record in Scripture that Amos had any problem with this, so it's what happened. But the so out of you have three prophecies, just from verses one to nine. Two, the prophet said, "I don't want that," and then God said, "Okay, we'll do it a different way." And then the third one, Amos didn't say he didn't want that, so basically he was giving his assent, and God was willing to work with him. Um, other examples from Scripture is the Lord telling Jeremiah not to pray for the people. Now, if you just consider what that means, is that Jeremiah's prayers would change God's opinion. Uh, Moses changed God's opinion on a certain thing. He stood between God and the people, and now Jesus stands between us and the people. So there's, you know, different ways of looking at it, different different depths to it. But the the main thing is is, you know, prayer changes uh, changes what God's will could be in a specific moment. Ultimately. You know, it's not going to change. Like, we can't pray and have everyone in the world be saved because God wants that to happen, but it's people's choice. So there's some things we ask for, and it's people's choice. It's not God's choice. But some things, it's absolutely God's choice, and he changes his mind when we pray. So in going to the Middle East, you say, God, I don't want to go to the Middle East. And he say, okay, do you want to go somewhere else? Or how about you go here instead? Or, well, let's not go at all then. Or he could say, well, I want you to go anyway. Yeah, have a conversation with him and and be led of him. So, so I I think we we can segue then into how do you know that you're hearing God versus how do you know if you're hearing your own thoughts? Then you know. So what if what if um you know I'm having this uh, internal struggle about going to the Middle East, right? And uh, it turns out it's actually not my thoughts at all. Like I get there, I don't like it, and the Lord actually has a conversation with me um, saying, hey, I did not call you here. Well, there, there's a lot to that question. Uh, the main thing about hearing God is is also just to relax. Yeah. And if you are not sure, don't take it as a word from God. 
I mentioned Jeremiah earlier. Uh, and not being sure if it's God or not is not the same as not liking it. Okay? So okay. I want to clarify that. So you, he can say something that you don't like or that you don't even see in Scripture, but if you know that it's him, you might find it in Scripture later that, yes, he does do that. And now a word from our sponsors, ourselves. We do Christian topics from a biblical, Jesus-centered perspective. That means that Facebook and YouTube aren't going to be putting our content in front of other people. So we're asking you for help. I'd like you to share this podcast with one person or just once on social media. Right now, even before you forget if you're willing to do that for us. If you feel strongly that people need to hear biblical truth, I'm asking you to give real money. We're going to use whatever you give to evangelize targeting people who aren't in church and aren't on my friend list or your friend list. You can give to our nonprofit ministry by going to stephenmcclelland.us slash give. Thank you for the support. Back to the show. Um, so where was I going? Uh, Jeremiah. There was a moment, I'd have to look it up, uh, where Jeremiah has been prophesying for years. And then there's a moment where he says, well, by this, because it actually came to pass, I knew that the word of the Lord was accurate. So that means that Jeremiah the prophet, the guy who wrote one of the longest you know, books in the Bible about prophecy and what he did, uh, that the Lord was telling him to do with the nation of Israel, he said that he wasn't always sure about whether it was God speaking or not. Hmm. Now, if he and doesn't he always thought, know, okay, yeah, and, and once it came to pass, he said, oh, now, now I know that this is a word from the Lord uh, that was spoken to me. So... That can either be a real, like, blessing that it would lift the weight off somebody, or it could potentially be the hindrance of, well, now I can never know if it's God speaking to me until it comes to pass. Mm -hmm. And the easiest answer, and the one that I, that's going to be easy to answer a lot of your questions, is just seek it through relationship. Pray about it. Expect to hear God, His answer, even if it takes a minute, if it takes six months or a year for him to answer your question. Um, it says, if anybody lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives liberally and upbraids not. So he, he's not going to be like, well, you should have already learned this. You're stupid for not knowing it. It's basically like, well, if you need wisdom to know what to do in a specific circumstance or whether you should follow it as the word of God or if you're not sure if it is or not, then that's just more to pray about and to ask about and to seek through relationship. And scripture in several places uh, promises that you'll get an answer. And I would say if you don't get an answer, then don't do it. If you don't know for sure, treat it like it's not the Word of God. That's good. But yeah. I, would, I would also at the same time seek to know for sure. Yeah, what, yeah. I, what I've done in the past is, you know, when I'm unsure is I will write it down and I'll, um, or I'll text it to my wife and say, this is what I feel like the Lord um, is telling me. And then we'll just sit on it and, uh, and, you know, there's been times where it has come to pass, um, the timing on it, and there's times it hasn't. And so, um, yeah, it's it's one of those things of um, when you're unsure, it, I think it's also good to seek counsel um, f- from others around you, godly counsel, you know, people who hear God and um, can just kind of help you process what, uh, you know, just kind of keep you, keep you in line because sometimes... You know, at least for me, uh, I don't know if this has happened for you, Stephen, but sometimes when I'm uh, in a situation, I'm super frustrated and I'm seeking wisdom. Um, 
sometimes I can be grasping at straws and just like wanting a quick fix uh, when really I, what I need is, is God's answer. What is, what is the best for the situation? So, um, yeah, to, to be, um, to do things through relationship, like you said, to, uh, to be present with him is, is the best. And, and do everything you can to try to get the stress out of the situation about hearing God. Uh, like it talks about to labor, to enter into the rest. So laboring is, is not rest. Right. But we, in Scripture, labor to enter into Jesus' rest. Jesus talks about, you know, if you're, if you're weary and heavy laden, come to me and I'll give you rest. So you could have to bring your, your heavy ladenness to him for him to relieve you of your burdens. So your strength is not spent on the carrying of the things, but it's getting to the one that can help you. So that's, that's a little bit different. What, what is there to be stressed about when you're, when you're seeking God, if you know that he's going to help you take care of it? Uh, if you don't know whether it's him or not, why are you stressed if he's not holding you accountable for it? If you don't know for sure, and you, you need an answer like, you know, you can, that's when we have to be, we have to have faith in him in who he is kind of overall, not so much, um, the, the, what we feel like is a word from the Lord. And I'll, I can give you an example of that. Um, leading up to one of the most Im- important things in my life, I had a word from God, but it was not the word from God that actually like, it wasn't my great faith in knowing that I heard God. I was actually operating in the gift of faith, which is one of the seven that's uh, listed in 1 Corinthians 12. So the gift of faith, there are moments where God gives you like supernatural, abundant faith that what he has said is going to come to pass and you're not shakable. You, you know for sure. But realize that if there is the gift of faith where something like that happens, there's also the times where the gift of faith is not in operation. And you might not get it all the time. So... In those moments, you can't be unshakable. You can't be unwavering. But we can be in who he is and his overall desires for our life that are good and our eternal life being wrapped up in him. So try not to, it's, it's, it comes back to just try not to stress out about it. Uh, as you're learning, as you're walking it out, don't, don't think that you have to like be the Apostle Paul the day you get saved because the Apostle Paul was not the Apostle Paul the day he got saved. It took him more than 10 years, I think it's 14 years, uh, to get to the point where he was when we start hearing like the results of his ministry in the New Testament. So, you know, Jesus didn't start his ministry till he was 30. The Apostle Paul was saved for 14 years before he started his. All the all the apostles and the disciples in Scripture, it took them years of walking with Jesus before they had half a clue. So why hold yourself to a higher standard than what Jesus and God hold hold them to? Yeah, amen. Yeah, I, I would I would completely agree. And there is a tendency for people to, um, you know, beat themselves up and you know uh, want to be at a at a maturity level and you know to be like a Paul, um, you know, sooner and you know and you know, I think that a lot of things in culture is, you know, the microwave culture, you know, want it now. But um, 14, while, 14 years is a long while. Um, and, uh, you know, 
he bear he bore a lot of fruit because he went through that um that you know is it proving time I, I don't know the word for it but basically that developing of himself to where he knew the truth and he was able to preach it um, and you know to go back to that note about the gift of faith you know when you're not in the gift of faith just staying true to uh, God's nature um, you know when I was reading in Romans recently um, this is Romans chapter 4 and this is talking about Abraham and uh, verse 19 says and not being weak in faith he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. And so right here, he's, he's not even considering what the, the things are, are going bad for him because of how old he is and how old his wife is. And he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. So, he has a situation in front of him, and he's really just kind of putting his trust in, you know, all things are possible through God. You know, God is and, able and to perform this no matter what. So it's, you can look at your situation, and yeah, it could be pretty pretty rough. It could be pretty dire, but that's where uh, you're just putting your trust in not, you're just putting your trust in, in God's able to do anything, anything. He's able to perform what he promised. And so if the Lord gave you a word and you know it's from God, um, he's able to perform that word. So, Yeah, and, and that's a great example of like taking the weight off yourself is you could read that and say, well, then I need to be, I, I need to be completely in faith, no doubt, no wavering whatsoever. But then most people would consider Ishmael some doubt and some wavering because he was trying to bring God's will to pass through natural means. Right, right. So, you know, the Bible's not holding that against him. Uh, there's no rebuke. Uh, we, a lot of times we, call, we consider it a, a rebuke of like it's an extremely negative thing. But God actually blessed Ishmael for Abraham's sake. Yeah. So God was not, he wasn't upset for Abraham. And the Bible does not consider that a lack of faith or the presence of unbelief because he was trying to bring it about in a way that wasn't God's will. And that just goes back to, well, are you holding yourself accountable in that way? Are you looking at, oh, I realize that I've been trying to do what it is that God said he was going to do, and now you feel some condemnation or you feel some regret or some shame over that. And it's like, well, there's no shame for Abraham in Scripture, and he did he probably did a, a worse job than you in that particular area, and he's called the father of our faith. So, chill. Yeah, I I would I couldn't I can yeah I, I think we're staying on this same thread about um, not stressing out about God's will and not stressing about it, about hearing God's voice. So, you know, for you, Stephen, what's a what's another big area that you you see um, you know people uh, you know stressing themselves out over an area that um, they shouldn't? Well, I I just want to go back to. Not not to like continue on, but to kind of go back and hit some more uh, yeah. on a particular part of that. Yeah, well, what, what do you want to discuss? I, I want to give a, a testimony okay. of what somebody else went through, that, and they weren't sure. They, they wanted, no matter what, to follow God's will. But in reality, they didn't know what that was. Okay. So they were extremely nervous, extremely stressed about missing God in a particularly large area of their life, you know, marriage. So a big deal, uh, important for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. 
and they felt like God wanted them to marry a particular person, but for one, they didn't want to. And then also when I was asking them about it, because I saw how stressed they were about it. So I was like, okay, let me step in to this situation. And, you know, I, I had, I had the, the permission to speak into this person's life. And I also approached it in a, in a very respectful way where I, w- I didn't just step in and be like, well, you're wrong about this and this. It was, you know, let me, let me really talk to you and find out what you're thinking and what you're feeling about this because this from the outside does not look right. And I am not sure that you know what it is that God wants from you. And it turns out that they were having dreams about somebody and they thought that that meant that the Lord was encouraging them to marry this person. And when we sat down and we talked about it, that's actually not what God was saying. Hmm. And the dreams weren't all from God either. But before I, I sat down and had that conversation, there was there was a lot of anxiety surrounding, and understandably so. Like you know, it's can't, a big can't decision. Somebody being upset, wanting to follow God, but not knowing what He wants in in terms of their love life. Um, so I explained the things that we're talking about right now. For one, relax. If you don't know for sure it's God, don't treat it like it is. Exactly, that's exactly what I told them. And when it all came down to it. Uh, they they were relieved of all of the weight that they had been carrying trying to follow God's will and not knowing what it was but thinking that they knew what it was. And it was just an extremely unpleasant experience for them, and they potentially could have married the wrong person. Um, and now they're they're married to somebody else, and they're, they're super happy. And, you know, all of that, once I explained the, the fact that, like, you don't, if you are not sure that it's God, don't treat it like it is. Seek to find out whether it is or not, and then work at it from there. If you find out it is God's will, have a conversation and tell Him you don't want it. But if you don't, if it's not God's will, then you don't even need to have that conversation. You could just say, "Oh, I reject that in the name of Jesus." That's not God. Yeah. So you don't even have to say, "God, I don't want it." Amen. So, I just wanted to share that testimony because I felt like it was, it was pretty, it was relevant and. I don't know who this is. This podcast is for maybe for several people, but like the the thing about not being stressed if you don't know what God wants, like that may be completely a brand new thought for you. You feel like you should be stressed to know what God wants all the time. Well, it's like, well, you don't. You don't know what He wants. So why are you stressed? You know He wants you saved. You know He wants your life to be blessed. You know He wants to be with you forever. You know He wants you to know who He is and how much He loves you. You know you can start there. The, the broader aspects of what God wants and then really take time to seek him on the individual things that are purely for you, who you marry, where you live, where you work, all those things. And he might just give you a choice, you know, and not, not everybody is God like, this is the one, this is who you should marry. This is where you should work. That's the, the stuff that I started talking about originally is, you know, there are boundaries in place. Uh, yeah, probably don't work in a strip club. If you're a Christian, you could probably say that's not God's will for your life. Uh, but wherever else, like, how do you know? Unless he tells you. And hey. if he doesn't tell you and you're not asking him about it, then it seems like you probably have some freedom there. And even in the idea of marriage, you probably, for most people, you're going to have freedom to decide who you want to marry. And the only caveats in Scripture are uh, if they're a legitimate Christian or not. And it's better for you if they are. And 
actually seeking God and wanting God's will for their life as well, so you can do that with them. But in reality, you might not get a word from God as to who you're supposed to marry, and that's fine. Most people don't. Yeah. If you want one, ask him for it. <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know, some people talk about, you know, I've, I've heard people before in the past of uh, don't make lists, don't make lists. Um, Stephen, I don't know about you, but I did make a list, and I got I got everything on that list, um, and I I did it in, in the same way of kind of what we were talking about in the thread of I didn't stress out about it, but um, there were just certain things that I talked about with the with the Lord, and and I I confidently felt that He agreed on all those things, and uh, you know one uh, you know I even share some some of it. Um, one of the big things is I was not interested in dating someone who wouldn't serve at a church. Um, and so my wife, um, she, when she, when we, this is before we were dating, before I even knew her name, really, I didn't even introduce, introduce myself. She went to the, we went to the same church for six months, eight months. And, um, the first Sunday she, uh, started greeting. She, she started serving at the church is when I introduced myself to her. So, um, yeah, I, 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 you know, kind of this, another thread we're going on here is do everything through relationship, and that's, you know, that's how, how, it, how it happened for me. Yeah, and you, you said the important thing, because I've heard people say, tear up your lists, don't give you, you know, bring God a list. Um, I didn't bring God a list either. It's like you said, you talked with him about it. I made my list in prayer. I was talking to God about what should be on my list. And it wasn't just spiritual things, you know, I like a certain physical shape, you know, it's marriage is physical as well as spiritual and emotional. So I, I wrote what it is that I liked in that area. I like beautiful eyes and I put about other, other bunch of stuff first, you know, like must love God, must seek God, those things. And I, I wrote the list with him. And then when I was done, it felt like, you know, like I was done, done. Like I, it wasn't just. Me saying, ah, I like the color blue. I'll, t- I'll have a blue car, and then I go shopping, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I like all these other colors too. It's like, no, I, I really sat down with the Lord to, to figure out what it is I really wanted so that I could be the most blessed. So I took my time with it. I, I prayed through and heard from him as I was doing it. I wasn't stressed at all, and it wasn't until yeah, that was years before I got married, and then uh, the Lord, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He's like, hey, you remember your list? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember making the list. And he's like, well, did you get everything that was on it? <laughs> yes, I did. I got every single thing that I wrote down on that list. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. The relationship. Yeah, I I did too. And so, um, yeah, amen. So to, to revisit some of our, you know, so we've been kind of hitting on this God's voice, God's will, um, you know, points. Is there anything else you want to you want to discuss? Yeah, of those two points, is there anything you want to further drive home? Uh, not not right now. I'm sure we'll come back to it, just because it's something that goes through all aspects of life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They really they really touch on everything. So, uh, I think you know if it's okay with you, I I would like to just t- take a break right here. Um, is there anything you would like to say as we? Uh, close up this session seek God everything through relationship um, fully know and, and seek and labor to enter into a, a place of relationship where you know God wants good for you 
Well, amen. Awesome. Stephen, you want to pray for us as we, uh, as we take this out? Okay. Um, Father, we just thank you for your goodness, for being a blessing to us. I just pray for everybody listening to this, uh, that they would hear from you and that it would be extremely easy, that they wouldn't feel like that they have to, to stress and toil to, to be able to just simply hear from you, that you are a God who spoke everything into existence, and it is by your word that you do everything, and Jesus is called your word. So I just pray that they would be able to hear you easily, quickly, that you would confirm your word to them, that your sheep hear your voice, and that they are your sheep uh, if they're listening to this and actually have a desire to know you that even if they don't know that they're your sheep, that they're already there seeking you and trying to find their shepherd. So I pray that they would hear him call and that it wouldn't just be once or twice, but it would be continuous for the rest of their life, that they would have a, a deepness of connection and relationship with you that pours over into every aspect of their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Have a blessed day, everybody. God bless. Bye-bye.